Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and today I'm joined by my special guest, Lindsay Wesner, all the way from South Africa. She is the founder or co-founder of Purple ZA, providing professional development for teachers all over South Africa and all over the world, because I know I met her when she came over to Sydney in Australia, and I met her at a Google conference. So thank you, Lindsay, for coming and joining me. It's great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. Now, Lindsay, today you're going to be chatting to us about gamification and how we can make this work in a positive way in our classroom. Can you start by just giving us a brief idea of what gamification really is for teaching and learning? Sure. So I think um, most teachers will resonate with the fact that uh, when we think about our students and games, um, a lot of us struggle to kind of get the same measure of attention and the same measure of engagement um, that our students get when they play games, whether those be you know, board games or uh, computer games or sports games even. Um, and so really the idea of, of gamification is applying the features that we have in games, uh, mostly looking at things like video game elements, with the idea um, that we're applying that in a non-game context. Um, and of course, we want to know why we would do that and why we would do that, of course, is to up motivation and engagement. So it's much more than just... Um, the kind of incentives and rewards, it's really about the, the experience that users get of a game, right? So where they're experiencing autonomy, they're, they're experiencing upping their levels of competence, there is um, there's the social and the kind of connection element is how do we design um, an experience where our students are engaged and motivated using the elements of games themselves? Yeah, I think you actually hit on a few really cool things there. Like you talked about the, the social elements there. You talked about the levelling up, which is kind of like as they're progressing in their learning. And then you also talked about uh, the whole idea of autonomy built in there as well, which I think is is fantastic. I think they're really key things generally for building in lifelong learning for our students because you know, autonomy, I think, is really, really important for that sense of, of uh, lifelong learning that comes with Schooling, I think I think at the end of school, students should be off on a path for lifelong learning, uh, which is what this podcast is all about. So with gamification, how do you do that? So like, I can set up stuff in my classroom where there's you know, some kind of competition, the kids are going to get rewards or something. But I feel like sometimes, sometimes that's not necessarily the best thing for the learning that happens because it just turns into a bit of a competition and they don't help each other and things become... Yeah, particularly like I deal with high schoolers and they just they 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 split really quick. So how can we do this in a way that's really going to be helpful for our students to yeah, do that social stuff, but also have that autonomy as they're progressing with their learning? Yeah, exactly. I think so at Purple ZA, we call teachers learning architects because we really want to be focused on how do we design learning for our students. And I think that the role of a learning architect in gamifying learning or in gamifying lessons is essential. And I think it's really important to distinguish between competition and gamification, right? Because competition is one element of gamification. And if we think about um, what all great games have that actually makes gamification work, there are far more elements than competition. So um, for instance, I think you want to think about a story, 
right? So games have got an engaging story. Generally, you've got some kind of hero or character that's going on a quest, um, setting the scene with the scenario, the story um, is a really key foundation of, of gamification. So within games, you have, of course, got your characters, right? So you are never quite yourself. You are another character. Um, so I think giving students the opportunity to take on another character, giving students an opportunity to pick their superpower, for instance, um, those are things that help students shift their conceptualization of self. Because I think often our students label themselves and they're like, you know what, I'm not a maths person. Um, and so... If in, you know, if in a math game, I am the problem slayer, then um, it gives them a chance to reconceptualize their, um, their identity. And also really important, in addition to the, um, the idea of leveling up, is you want to make sure that um, we're emphasizing mastery, right? So in games, you, uh, you don't die on the first time you fail at a task. Um, you've got repeated attempts to, <clears throat> to level up. Um, you can always keep on going back. Um, you can, you know, win health points and you can buy buy access to try things again. So mastery is an always is always an option. And I think that's an important element of gamification that is really great for um, foundational learning is that ability to retry, to engage again um, and to get assistance, you know, so I can I can go and get this particular tool. I can get a hint card. I can get something that gives me just that little step that I need to get closer to answering the question or solving the problem. So building in multiple opportunities for mastery is a really key element to gamification and the design of gamification, which often we don't get in traditional competition. You know, it's kind of let's go through this race or if you're using, you know, an online quizzing app or tool, right, that's over first, second, third place, and now we're done. Um, and actually, when we're intentional about the design of mastery, I think it's a really powerful, uh, a powerful thing. And along with that, you want to have really clear objectives, right? So I need to know exactly what is required to win um, so that I can apply my problem solving skills so that I can, you know, kind of collaborate if that's if that's part of the activity that I can investigate um, with a really clear goal in mind. I think that uh, when I know I need to do this to get this many points or to get this badge or to get this next step um, and that those things are incremental, that really makes gamified learning um, accessible for, for students. Um, and then, of course, you want to have your uh, your visible progress, right? So generally in gamification, you've got some form of um, a leaderboard or a rank, which can actually um, not only serve to motivate and, and bring out the competitive element, but if you design it in such a way that actually the leaderboard is demonstrating skills or competencies that your students have, it can actually help you to remove it from being a teacher-centered, I'm the only one who can help you with all of these tasks. And if I see, you know, Dan has got the uh, assessment Avenger badge and I haven't quite managed to get that yet, um, that I can then be encouraged to collaborate and connect um, connect in that way is uh, is another way to to flatten your kind of knowledge economy and, and engage your students in gamification in such a way that even if I am at the bottom of the leaderboard, I'm not being left out. Um, and yeah. I think you also want to think about your current 
is, right? So what is it that you are rewarding? What are you, what are you incentivizing? What can I get points for? Is it only um, the speed at which I complete a task? Or can I get points for a creative strategy? Can I get points for asking for help? Can I get points for, um, for asking questions that the teacher hasn't thought about, right? So what gamification does is it gives you an opportunity to kind of acknowledge and praise and incentivize more than a traditional assessment would. If I go back to what you were saying too before, when you were talking about students seeing other students at different levels and having different badges and then them going and you know, helping each other out and finding that out, I think that really replicates really well the kind of stuff that happens in you know, in games for our students anyway. Like if they're playing games, whether it be computer games or board games and stuff, if they get stuck places they and they know someone who has gotten past that, they always go, and like, how did you do that? Explain how you did it. And the person doesn't necessarily do it. For, like, they're not doing it for them. They just go, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And they go and try it and they'll try it again. They go, oh, yeah, I still got stuck here. And then they come in and they go, well, on that bit you need to, you know, do this and this, and that's what got, gets you through. And they're like, oh, finally, it's all pieced together. And so that that peer teaching really happens normally in a gamification setting. And I think the, with the way that you were talking about the leaderboard having those different elements clear on it really allows students to go well actually I don't have to go to the teacher they're busy this person's past where I'm up to I can go and ask them to help me with the bits that I'm struggling with now the other thing I find that teachers get worried about with gamification is they think a lot of it has to be technical like it has to be on a computer it's got to be this whiz bang computer game how else can we bring yeah if I'm in a school that doesn't have computers how do I do this how do I make it gamified if you have a chalkboard, you have a leaderboard, is what I would say, in in uh, in summary. But really, you can create a game without using any technology. If you've got a story, you've got tasks, um, you can even gamify things like assessment. So I did this with my students when I was in the classroom. I changed all of the marks to XP points. So your traditional grade for a, a test, I would just add three, three zeros onto it. So you would now have 80,000 XP points if you got 80% for an assessment, right? Um, so there, there, are, there are a lot of simple things that you can use in terms of the principles of gamification to, um, to make that happen. Of course, technology gives us opportunities for, you know, things like how we can provide feedback and, you know, discussion forums and things for the social connection. But there is absolutely no reason why you can't turn a lesson into a game or a series of lessons into a games uh, into a game allocating points with with tasks things like uh, a breakout game where students are engaging in kind of puzzles and solving clues and um and unlocking you know physical locks to get into something or get out of a room um wherever there's a wherever there's a challenge and there's a target and there's some kind of incremental challenges um those challenges could even be as simple as all right guys this is the the same old worksheet or activity that we were doing but now because it's part of a story because you've got characters because you've got points because you've got a leaderboard your objectives are clear um you really can actually transform any lesson if you're using the principles and thinking about the principles more than the technology itself um because ultimately it is about that fun right that interactivity we want to bring the joy that getting something right in a game brings to our lessons you know when you when you when you see that like you know fist pump like yeah um the little the little victory the victory dances that's what you want to create um 
in your class, even things like making activities timed, not that everything should be timed. There is definitely a time and a place for things that need to be um, given time where students need to be able to come back. But, you know, a quick little challenge. Can you and your team do this? All right, let's go make that a number of points. Um, there's a lot that you can do to, to really make it tangible and practical without even using um, any technology at all. Visible um, visible progress and visible rewards is also a great thing. So, you know, adding the critical thinker of the week badge or your, you know, kind of communication champion, um, those kinds of things, little titles, even little physical badges, or you get to wear the cape or you get to have that sticker on your desk or, um, you know, kind of making those things visible um, is another way that you can incorporate gamification without any technology whatsoever. For the teacher who wants to get started with this, where, where do they begin? Do they start by developing out a story so that they've got some kind of system? If, like, I, I don't know. Like, if I'm just doing a lesson that's got a short story, do I do a whole unit with longer stories? Where should I start? I always think that starting small is uh, is is wise when it comes to to teaching. You don't want to you don't want to kind of rope your students with you in this long experiment if you if you're not confident yourself. Um, of course, there's nothing wrong with failing in front of your students, but we also want to be really intentional about learning design. I would say take a unit of work, take a lesson, take something that is that is small and concrete, um, and experiment with that. Definitely, you need a story. So some kind of tragedy has happened um, is a really great storyline. You know, we've lost the instructions for today's science lessons experiments and we need you to figure out how we do this and, you know, which which team of scientists is going to be the one to figure it out, right? So it's, it's really creating that scenario, even if it's a fictitious scenario, um, positioning them as kind of, you're the heroes that we need for this particular um, for this particular challenge or this particular task, making clear what the goal is. Um, and then I would say, you know, kind of breaking it down into, even if it's just two or three challenges that are that's, that, that are standalone, that can be completed um, and deciding on how you're going to allocate um, points to that and making sure that there is some kind of reward at the end of it. Um, that is something that you could do in one, in one lesson. I think that once you have seen how your students respond, because of course each class is different, each student is different, um, then we know how to start to differentiate what gamification looks like. And then you can look in more detail at those principles and see, okay, how can I give my students more choice in future, for instance? How can I make the feedback more immediate? because that's another thing. You know immediately in a game you've passed or you failed and, and you can move forward. So I think start with something simple, start with a story, start with clear objectives, two or three challenges and some kind of reward, and then you'll have enough lived experience to build on um, in future. Beautiful. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on and joining me today. Can you just tell people a little bit about where they can come and connect with you? Because I know you use gamification for all the professional development that you provide for teachers and stuff, which I think is fantastic. Where can they go to connect with you? So I am pretty much at Lady Westner on all forms of social media in my personal capacity. And then our uh, professional development company where we have a gamified professional development platform for teachers, like you said, is at purplezaedu on 
all social media. So if you uh, search for Lady Westner or Purple Z A E D U, you'll find us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel um, where we have Espresso Cafe interviews with innovative teachers who are doing things like that. And if you have a look at our website, www.purpleza.co.za slash stories, you'll find actually some examples of teachers who are gamifying their lessons along with their resources um, and other great things like inquiry-based learning, project-based learning, design thinking. So some really great other teachers that you can connect with. If you're listening from anywhere else in the world, you can hop into some South African teachers' classrooms and see how they are rethinking teaching and learning design to help empower our students to be lifelong learners. And of course, understanding that as teachers, we have to be doing that ourselves and modeling that in terms of taking on our own professional growth and, and development as much as we want our students to be hungry for knowledge. So we need to do that too. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. And of course, guys, if you want to come and grab the show notes or see the transcript or anything for this episode, head over to teacherspd.net slash 101. We're hitting the triple figures, which is very exciting for me. Uh, if, you, uh, in, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and make sure you hit the subscribe button and come back and join us for our next episode in two weeks' time.